welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. It's great to have you here. Thank you for listening. And if you're wondering, well, it's been a while since we've heard a podcast. You're right. It has been a little while, a good number of weeks. I have really focused in on the other podcast that I have on YouTube, and I'm now getting the dust off for this podcast as we continue to grow our photography businesses together. Now, I have been publishing over at the YouTube channel, and I had an interesting post yesterday, and it was about the story that was going around, which very well may not be real. It was on Reddit, and, and one of the commenters mentioned that, hey, they took it off Reddit, and but a number of blogs, including a Fox News affiliate, picked it up, and it's interesting. It's about the idea of a bride asking for the photographer to pay her to photograph her wedding. We'll get into that because it really is an interesting conversation. If nothing else, we can learn a lot and have a good discussion as an exercise related to how we think about our photography, our photography business, our creative businesses. I also want to talk about a post that I also uploaded yesterday on the Combination Code channel. And the Combination Code channel, you can catch that by going to rosh.video. And the Combination Code channel is where I just talk about different things related to the Combination Code, which is what I teach. I, I support people by helping them separate themselves from the competition and understanding the marketing and the business landscape, especially as a creative professional. One of the things that we do is channel build. We channel build. In other words, find a core channel that we can grow. It could be a podcast. It could be a blog. It could be Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. And one of the things that I have kind of put together was a combination. Hey, there you go. A combination of a few ideas, a couple ideas from two different creators. One idea is the thought that, you know, you should try and keep 70% of the people watching your video through the first minute. And I got that from Evan Carmichael, who is on his second million worth of subscribers, doing quite well. So certainly worthy of listening to what he thinks. He says he's obsessed with that. And I caught that over at Dane Golden's channel who is also another YouTuber uh, educator, a YouTube educator. And so it was a good conversation, and I took that to heart. But before that, I was learning about the idea from Tim Schmoyer that, look, one of your goals is to keep people at 50% by the end of your video. Because if you can keep 50% of those people, a good call to action will send them to another video, which is positive for your channel. So those of you who are not as interested in YouTube, obviously that is not something that is immediately going to strike you, but you need to be thinking about this in many different ways. Are you getting people's attention? See, one of the things with YouTube is you got to get that click. But once you get that click, you have to keep them and you have to keep them on that platform. And the better job you do at keeping people on the platform, well, then the more that platform is going to promote your stuff. 
One of the best ways to do really well, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, or any social platform, is to create content that people want to see more of and will come back for to you specifically or continue to look for more of your stuff. That's important. And if you do that successfully, that platform will reward you. So that was what I, when I put that together, the 70-50 rule, that's a YouTube-specific rule, but the concept can work for all of us. Many of us, obviously, are creators, photographers. We want to share our work. Many of us are videographers, and so understanding that as it relates to our videos, getting 50% of the people through our videos wherever we place them, that's, that's helpful. Now, it depends on your platform. Fact is, Facebook, you're going to get about eight seconds worth of viewing on average with Facebook. And even LinkedIn isn't as awesome as, say, as, as YouTube because when it comes to video because people are there to watch videos. Uh, people are watching more video on the other platforms, and, and LinkedIn's doing a great job. And, and soon, hopefully, will be their live platform for everyone. But for now, I think YouTube is still the best when it comes to video. Not just video, but people continuously watching your video. Not for just a few seconds, but really watching it all the way through. And this includes advertising too. When I look at the advertising numbers, they're much better on YouTube in terms of people actually watching the video all the way through. Next, let's talk about the bride who wanted the photographer to pay her to photograph their wedding. Now, this was something that was on Reddit and has since been deleted uh, based on what some of the commenters have said. I have not looked that up. But it was distributed on a number of blogs who repeated the story. And even if it's not real, there are scenarios that we know. And it's also the mindset that seems to be happening right now when it comes to photography. So I thought it would be a good conversation. Let me set up the story for you. So a photographer um, had a friend who needed a wedding. And actually, so say the bride asked a photographer friend to photograph her wedding, which is something that does happen. And it's not uncommon for friends to ask for friends to photograph their wedding for free. And I'll explain how you best go about that because that certainly relates into the marketing side of things. And that's one of the reasons I talk about pricing because pricing and the models that you use is certainly about your business and your marketing. And it's a good conversation. I've been writing about this for years because it is part of the marketing and the branding and all those elements related to your business conversation. Everything that's outward facing to the public is marketing in some way. So she asked her friend to photograph, who was a photographer, and she said, well, this is what I want to happen. I want you to pay me $50, and then you have the right to photograph my wedding, and then you can sell the reprints or whatever you do to other people, and you could possibly actually be paid for photographing my wedding. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So here's the deal. I think that for the most part, obviously, this could happen, something like that. Maybe not necessarily 
being paid the bride saying, hey, pay me money. But I can see that mindset. I've seen that mindset in people. Hey, it's an opportunity and I want my cut. And why are you making all this money off of my wedding or my thing? And there, there is that mindset out there. But I could see it more often than not be a situation where say, so why don't you photograph my wedding for free and you can resell all your pictures and possibly make some good money. Again, we know that that really doesn't work that well. I mean, most photographers these days especially, although in the past, you know, and it still does happen, where photographers can make, you know, double the amount of money because they've done a good job selling books and reprints and special packages and so forth. But generally, the core of a wedding photographer's income comes from the base fees in the package that they sold to the bride and groom. And then maybe some other people would like some photographs or not, but not necessarily much further beyond the bride and groom and really close family. So it just, that just does not work. Now, there's one thing that I didn't tell you, and that is that the photographer also did something that was really bad. This really got ugly, to be quite honest. The thing is, the bride's family uh, kind of got on this photographer because eventually he felt like he's being harassed when he said, no, I'm not going to pay you to photograph your wedding. And they started harassing him with uh, you know, texts and all sorts of stuff, the phone calls. And he, he just said, no, no, no. And then finally he gave up and he said, fine. Fine, I'll do your wedding. Stop harassing me. However, he had no intention to actually do the wedding. Didn't show up. So the day of, his phone is blowing up with texts and phone calls. And that's because he didn't show up. And ultimately, so the story goes, the bride and the father ended up in jail for all the harassment and so forth. And and a lot of the headlines were saying, well, because she tried to charge, you know, bride tries to charge a photographer, you know, to do the wedding and ends up in jail. Well, it's probably would be more for the harassment than actually trying to charge the photographer. The thing is, a lot of times we run into situations where people will say, wow, it will be great exposure for you if you come to my event or photograph my thing, you're going to meet so many great people and you, more opportunities to photograph. We can even put your name around. We'll, we'll let people know you're the photographer. But the thing is, when you start developing that reputation as the free photographer, you need to then you know break that mold somehow because the free photographer gig, well, it doesn't pay the bills, does it? And when people learned, oh, you know, you donated your time and so forth, that's not going to work. Now, when it comes to bride and grooms, let's say you ended up doing a wedding for your friends, good friends, and you said, yes, I will do your wedding for free. But you're not doing it for free. You're doing it as a gift. This is my gift to you. It's a very expensive gift. Not only that, I will let you know the cost because I'm going to send you an invoice. It's paid invoice. It says paid on it. The reason for that, for as much as you're concerned, 
we're back to this branding and marketing thing, is that way the bride and groom really knows, has something concrete. They know the value of what they got, $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 worth of photography work. That's important for them to really understand. So people, you know, when, when someone says, oh, who did your photography? Well, they're not going to kind of elbow the person and say, well, believe it or not, they actually did this for me for free. I don't know how much they charge. They probably forgot by then. They don't, but it's going to be more about, you know, they did it for free. Maybe they'll do it for free for you too. You know, maybe you can get a good price rather than saying, look, you know, here's, this is your rate. When they know your rate, they're going to say, oh, my friend is like a $3,500 a day wedding photographer, a $5,000, $10,000 a day wedding photographer. And, you know, I'm happy to refer them to you, but at least the numbers of where you are, because they're going to be proud that they got this really high value gift. And so, you know, but we're really good friends. But, yeah, I'd be happy to let, you know, I'm happy to give you their card and so forth. And now they know the value of what you do. So when they call you, they're not expecting cheap. They're expecting the value you bring to the table. And and that's because people know it. It's been, it's out there. And a lot of times we're afraid to do stuff like that. But it hurts us in the long run. It hurts our brand. And so it's important to be very honest. It's okay. It's okay to do a charity event once in a while for a charity that you want to work with. It's okay to do work that's free as long as everybody understands the true value and that you are giving a gift to that bride and groom or whatever it may be. So that's what I really wanted to drive home. It doesn't matter if this story is real or not. We know plenty of situations. We've run across plenty of scenarios that are very close to this. I most certainly have. And I definitely don't want to be stuck as the cheap or free photographer. And this is true for all of you who are just trying to get your foot in the door. And I know it's tough sometimes and you see a great opportunity. Invoice people. Give them the discount. So if you normally would charge $1,000, but you're only charging them $300, well, then show that you gave them a $700 discount. It's important. It's important for you. You know, if anything else, it's important for the industry as well as your own brand to let people know there is high value in photography, the work that we do. It's hard to believe. 2020 is almost here. 2020, amazing. My question to you is what are you going to do differently in 2020 than you did this year to develop your photography business? This is a good time to start developing your plan. Now, some of us have a tradition that maybe the first week or the day after, first couple weeks after the new year, we start developing that plan. I recommend you start working a little bit ahead of time. You can finalize things then. But I would start looking around. Start looking through your websites and your social accounts and take a look and see what is working and what is not working. It's always a good thing to do, even quarterly, but at least once a year. Because if 
you are active on Facebook and Facebook is not working the way it used to, maybe it's time to start testing other areas. Maybe you don't have an email list that is fresh. You haven't done anything with your email list. Maybe this right now is the time to maybe do a test run and see how good that email list is and maybe clean that email list out. Maybe make sure that the people on that list really care. You know, you, you don't need to have people on a list that has nothing to do with where they are in life right now. Are there new platforms out there that you need to consider? Maybe you haven't caught on that LinkedIn is really starting to take off and it's much better than it was in the past in terms of making connections and developing relationships. So maybe consider LinkedIn. Maybe there's a new platform that is right for the people that you're trying to target. TikTok, for example. Maybe you're trying to get to the high school seniors, and maybe many of them are on TikTok. It's a younger crowd, but maybe, maybe high school seniors are a little too old for TikTok, but not necessarily because the, I think the TikTok crowd is actually getting older and older as more and more people are getting on the platform, which is usually how it works. Uh, TikTok was once called Musical.ly, and it was mostly younger people, but not all. I mean, but the younger crowd was on that platform, then eventually became TikTok. And it's kind of like Vine was in the past, short clip videos, some of which can go viral. And it is a younger crowd. So like I mentioned, you might want to consider looking there if you're going after seniors. I'll be updating my pricing article pretty soon, hopefully by the end of the year. I've already started kind of pulling things together for it over at RoshSillers.com. And that's, again, something you might want to re-examine for the new year. Maybe some prices need to go up, but sometimes some of the prices need to go down in line with where you are. Now, I, I'm not talking about trying to get to the race to the bottom, but sometimes we've increased our prices and things have changed. And so we have to always be open to what prices do we increase? What do we decrease? Maybe we add on new products and services to support our community. There are a number of things to look at as we get into this new year. Understanding our brand. How does our website look? How does your website look? Does it look good? Let me tell you, I have a few websites that look kind of bad. And yeah, as some of you know, I have a lot of websites. And some look good, some look horrible. And I need to update them in the new year. What are your rankings? Are people finding you? Are they finding you through Google My Business? That is an important place to really develop these days for local search engine optimization. But SEO, general search engine optimization, is also important. Have you slipped back in some areas? What is it that you need to do? Take a look at the competition. See what the competition is doing and then try to do it better. See what Google likes. What are the top three, five spots on Google? And try and do a better job for 2020. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Creative Marketing Show. I am Rosh Sillers. You can follow my blog at roshsillers.com as well as the podcast. You can also find the podcast at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. 
If you wish to connect with me, connect with me at Rosh Sillers on Twitter, and you can always email me, Rosh at Rosh.com.